welcome to It's a Musical Podcast, the podcast show where I force my boyfriend to watch the musicals he really should have seen by now, and then we talk about them. I am the boyfriend. And I am not sure you really should have seen this one by now. It has been talked about. Yeah. I mean, I'm fully aware of this one, Mm -hmm. and I'm also very aware that this comes with a reputation. Mm -hmm. You know, this is kind of a... Yeah, we we tried to celebrate the best of musicals. And I guess this is like the worst of musicals. Like we could do a series where we review the worst musicals ever. Mm. I am fully aware of the reputation this one has. Yeah. And I remember when I was a kid, the first time I watched Grease, like it was really exciting. And I learned there was a Grease too. And I remember my mum saying, it doesn't count. Mm -hmm. And I know that... Whenever there's talk of a Grease 3, people are like, yeah, but Grease 2. Yeah, but High School Musical. No, but I'm, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like people people use Grease yes. 2 to argue why there shouldn't be. Yeah. And I do think it's difficult because you've obviously got something that is iconic. Mm-hmm. And you've tried the whole lightning strike twice thing mm-hmm. and just not bottled it you've just not captured it because Greece 2 is from what I gather one of those Marmite type things that yeah. there are some people that really really love it I listened to best film ever mm-hmm. um, covering Greece and they do talk about Greece 2 and they do talk about how some people People do like it more. More? Than Grease 1. What? Okay, right. So, I really like this film. It's dumb. And we're going to have a really good time watching it. Or at the very least, I am. Because it's just a stupid, funny musical that you can just watch. I can't see how people could enjoy it more than... I mean, it doesn't exist without Grease. But... Yeah, but, I mean, let's be honest. Shrek 2 is better than Shrek 1. There are s- I have no great feelings on the subject, I'm sorry. <laughs> there are some things where the sequel is better than the original, but it's very, very rare. Hmm. For me, there are some really good sequels that build on the success of the first one, but do things better. Spider-Man 2 is better than Spider-Man 1. I think The Winter Soldier is better than Captain America. And personally, I prefer High School Musical 2. Yeah. So there are some- and The Dark Knight is better than Batman Begins. There are occasions where the sequel is definitely better. And everybody who listens to us who doesn't agree has just turned off our podcast. <laughs> but I don't think from what I am aware of with Grease 2, that is a, the case. Mm-hmm. I think it's one that some people really like it and some people would say, well, actually it is better. Yeah. But they would be the minority. Yeah. I believe... That this is just Greece with the roles reversed. Sure. I've often joked. So we, the last school show we did was Greece, mm-hmm. and I pitched and I desperately tried to reverse so that Danny and the T Birds would be female, and the Pink Ladies would be male. Right. Because I really wanted. To do Greece. The Greaser girls. That would be yeah, cool. I really wanted to do that. And then you've got this kind of like really sweet boy who's like, oh, 
what? And you know what I mean? Like all mm-hmm. the stuff that those characters deal with, how interesting it would be reversed. And I, I, I remember talking to you about it and you just said, that's just Grease That's too. the plot of Grease too. Which fine. I guess do the same thing, but swap it. Mm-hmm. I'm okay with that. I know it's got Michelle Pfeiffer. Possibly yeah, the film that kind of started her career. I don't know if she's done anything pre-this. This is known for her being her breakout role. There we go. So Michelle Pfeiffer, she's fantastic. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I've heard rumours that like you have got Danny and Sandy in this. No. Okay. But the original There are some characters in this from the right. original. But the original plan was that it was going to be Danny and Sandy's kids. Ooh. Right, so It's the, back at Rydell. Yes. The point that they were trying to go for when they were making a sequel to Greece is the plan was we were gonna have a three or four Grease films. I think it was four Grease films. And then a series called Rydell High. Which they're currently doing for HBO Max. Yes, which, if you ask me, is a terrible idea. But, you know, they're trying. And I'm interested to see how it goes. It's going to be the HBO Max version of High School Musical, the musical, the series. Yeah. Which just gets progressively more interesting every episode. But they were trying to build a franchise around this. Yes. And then when they released this one... It just didn't work, basically, because they had all the right people. So this is directed and choreographed by Patricia Birch, who choreographed the first film and the Broadway musical. Cool. They had Louis St. Louis, which is a real person's name, who wrote a bunch of the songs from the original film and also in the film performs Rock and Roll Party Queen and Mooning because those songs in the movie version only happen in the background of the dance scene. Yes. But he wrote them for the stage show to be sung by Roger. Yes. Is it the same person both times? No. Yeah, well, he is. He wrote them for Roger, but then they got messed around a little bit. So they've I was got... going to say, those are two different characters. Rock and Roll Party Queen and Mooning are sung by two, different, two characters. different characters. Yeah. So you've got all the right people here. They had different producers... However, the producers didn't have that much involvement in it. No, realistically, they are, well, realistically, they're just green lighting it and mm-hmm. helping fund it. But yeah. obviously, some production companies are far more invasive, mm-hmm. as we saw with the Justice League. Yeah. So, Alan Carr, who was the co producer of Greece, had made a deal with Paramount Pictures to be paid $5 million to produce a sequel to Greece, which is not that much money no. by the standards of today. So the production for it began about three years after the initial film. He hired Patricia Birch back to direct the sequel after she'd been so great on the first one. And she didn't really want to accept because John Travolta and Olivia Newton-John weren't going to be in this one. Yes, which I think a lot of people are instantly going to be. Okay, so it's diminishing returns Mm -hmm. you know like when you get you've got american pie one two three and then you do the spin-offs like american pie presents ah yes and they're characters from that world with maybe a few characters that we recognize that aren't as important a return but completely different 
that's what Grease 2 feels like. You want to know something really funny? What? And why it's interesting that you bring up American Pie Presents. This is also a breakout role for Christopher McDonald. Who was Harry Stifler in those ones. Yeah. Yeah. Basically. Weird. Yeah, they... So, Bronte Woodward, who was the original writer who adapted the show into a film... Yes. ...had died in 1980. And they hired Ken Finkelman, who was writing Airplane 2, to write Grease 2, mostly from scratch. They had the overview of notes... Yes. ...from Woodward... And they had almost double the budget of the original film. They had $11.2 million to make this movie. It was supposed to be called Grease Again. Oh, God. Yeah. And Maxwell Caulfield, who plays the lead character in this, yeah, who you will recognise from a whole bunch of different things, but things like Empire Records, The Man Who Knew Too Little, uh, Supernaturals, and also being the king in A Prince for Christmas. Literally know none awesome. of those things. Okay. Well, he's the voice of James Bond in all the video games. Okay, cool. Yeah. <laughs> he did not like that the movie was called Grease 2. So he refuses to refer to it as anything other than Son of Grease. Which is incredible, obviously. Yeah. It feels like... It's almost like... <laughs> Before you told me all this, I would have been quite happy to believe that somebody had written a plot for a musical. Mm-hmm. Somebody was like, no, nah, that will never pass. It's too similar to Grease. I know. Let's just call it Grease 2 and be done with it. And that's where all the development stopped and they just started filming. Well, since you say that, God. they hadn't finished writing the script by the time they started filming. Yes. So they filmed in sequence. Oh, and decided the end as they got there. <laughs> right. When it comes to storytelling, mm-hmm. that I think is one of the most important things in anything. Mm-hmm. And I think as long as you have the story, certain interactions can evolve over time. Mm-hmm. But when you have to rework or add something that isn't the plan, it does show. World War Z. Yeah. Famously, they completely reworked the ending because the original ending did not test well. That's why it's so minimal and so claustrophobic because they'd run out of money. Mm-hmm. Sort and, of works. But you can tell. Like, it just... You can tell it's weaker. Yeah, I agree. But... but If you don't go into a project knowing your arc, knowing your characters, knowing it, what they're going to develop, how are they as actors going to be able to portray it effectively from scene one to scene whatever? They knew the plot. They just didn't know what their characters would be saying in each scene. (laughs) And also, there's a lot of this that, Like, they'd written the songs, so they knew what the songs were going to be in each part. Yes. They knew where everything was going to happen. It was all rehearsed months in advance because of choreography. And also all of the stunts were filmed before anything else was done. Okay, but still. I feel like I'm arguing for this. This this film's great because it's so bad. This is the thing is, ultimately, it's going to impact the performance where you... I think it's going to certainly be interesting to watch and knowing that they filmed it chronologically... Mm -hmm. obviously that is not a smart choice to do but as a concept 
that's quite an interesting thing to explore. Yeah. That almost the characters learn as things go along. However, I think it's important that you know everything about the character before you go into something. Mm -hmm. And yes, having the plot and knowing the narrative is enough. But I think knowing the words they're going to say, like, does certainly impact the performance. Like, you could see that if they knew everything that they're going to do, you can reference it in early scenes and foreshadow it. I mean, this isn't meant to be high art. Clearly, this is, uh, hey, we built a world. Let's continue the world. Mm -hmm. But I feel like from the get-go, that is a losing battle for everyone involved. And that's also going to feel quite demoralising. If you're the writers being rushed to do this, if you're the actors not actually knowing what you're going to do, Mm -hmm. that could be quite demoralising and have an impact on the performances itself. Yeah. Now, usually we talk Tony's. This being a film release, and mm-hmm. also this being Grease 2, I'm sure there are no Tonys, no Oscars. Was it nominated? Was it the recipient of any Razzies? <laughs> no. Okay. It was nominated for a Stinker's Bad Movie Award, okay. which I guess is a Razzie, but it's not yeah. a Razzie. And then for the 100 worst films of all time for the Stinkers. Is it like top 10? It was uh, 13th lucky for some which is actually higher than i would have thought not higher like yeah i guess lower down the list than i thought it would be yeah what's their number one yeah i was gonna say that's quite interesting so this is definitely like one of the worst of musicals when was greece one released and when was this one released like how long is there in between this came out in 1982, and the original Grease came out in 1978. So there's only four years difference. Yeah. That's interesting. I always thought there was maybe like a decade or so, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. That Grease would be... I, I, I know that Grease is not early 70s because I remember my mum, She, you know, it's one of the first films she would go to see at the cinema very much as like a teenager type thing. Mm-hmm. So she'd have been 12 when this came out at the cinema. Mm. Too young to see Greece. Oh, yeah. But, you know, like that kind of teenage phenomenon type thing. Yeah, absolutely. So... This film is set two years after the previous film as well. But so this is the thing is there's an element of... I just assumed in my mind that this was like 10, 15 years later. And like there's a part of me that had somehow got it in my mind that Greece came out earlier mm-hmm. and Greece 2 is like a 1988 type thing. yeah. But four years, that is really... So it's almost like they started working immediately on it post-Greece. Mm-hmm. Um, I know that there's a song called Reproduction. Yeah, there is. I don't know much else, but I would... I would imagine that the majority of songs will be like when we watched Mary Poppins Returns and you could say that... Oh, so this is the Grease Lightning song. This is the We Go Together song. This is the summer loving song, you know. They... So, what do you think reproduction is? Summer loving. <laughs> <laughs> no, but you know what I mean. Like tonally, when you watch it, you'll be able to kind of hear it back and be like, "Oh yeah, this sounds like this song." Mm-hmm. Because it feels very much that like this is going to be like the same, but a fresh coat of paint. Yeah. No. <laughs> but yeah. Yeah, I'm interested. Sure, sure. 
What's your experience of this one? You, It's great, but because it's so bad? Yeah. Well, so I love bad horror movies. Well, like ones that are so comedically terrible that they are just funny to watch. And you're not scared, you're just having a good time. Yeah. And this falls into that exact category. It's like so bad, it's, it's funny. And it's just fun to watch. And you just have a good time. And me and my brother like to annoy my mum by singing a song called Re- Score Tonight. Okay. Is that reproduction? <laughs> no. Okay. We're gonna score tonight. At the prom. <laughs> oh yeah, it does kind of sound like that. Prom tonight. But I'm so excited to watch this with you. It's going to be hilarious. I don't know if there's much more to really add to this one other than let's just get going back to Rydell. I know you said there's some old cast members. Mm-hmm. I assume it's probably going to be like the principal. Yeah. Which is weird because I always felt like she was like at retirement at the end of Grease One. <laughs> she obviously hated working there. So I don't think we're going to get any of the original like key cast. Like I don't think Rizzo's going to show up in it. No. I don't think Kaniki's going to show up in it. Mm. Yeah. It's the sort of thing that like we'll probably end up with like Doody or like someone who isn't really Out of like the pink ladies. Which one do you think will show up in this? Frenchie. Yeah. Which is okay. Frenchie's right. I love Jan more because of the grease we did. Yeah. Right. Jan was a complete non-character to me with the film, but because we had one of the best students. Mm-hmm. Kids are going to listen to this, but they're going to know exactly what I mean, and they're going to know that I'm right because we had one of the Perfect best casting. Yeah, and Jan became a better character because. But to me, Jan was like I just knew Rizzo and Frenchie from mm-hmm. the film. So these these characters, I wouldn't care as much about Frenchie. Yeah. I think yes is the right one to bring back. Mm-hmm. You know, you can imagine that she's now a teacher there and she's doing beauty or something. Fine. Or she's a counsellor or some sort. But other than Kaniki and other than Danny, I don't care about any of the T-Birds. That's fair. The rest of them kind of suck. The, the, yeah, the rest of them are... And again, it. I think the film... The film isn't as great as people remember it. Mm-mm. And the stage show isn't as great as people think it is. And Grease as a whole isn't a great show. But that kind of falls into why this is so fun. But I think this is the thing. There's a big element of nostalgia at play with Greece, mm-hmm. But also, there's a lot of fun to it. It's not the most well-made musical. The themes are kind of meh. Mm-hmm. But there's just something about it. And maybe it's because the songs, at least in the film, are so good. Yeah. So, in terms of plot, I'm not expecting much. I would Probably in par with the Grease universe. Yep. But for me, if the songs are disappointing, that will suck. Okay. I'm going to have a great time. I'm going to be sat here singing my little heart out. And that's absolutely fine. You do that every week anyway. Mm-hmm. I mean, unless you've not seen the, the musical before, in which case then... Didn't stop me in Cinderella. No, but that's because you've got all the ads <laughs> for it. Oh my God. We didn't even talk about that in the Cinderella episode. Well, we haven't done the Cinderella episode yet. That's, oh, no, I need to rem- oh, that's yeah, next week. Weird future but continuity. <laughs> That's next week, but we have seen the musical, so we're in a weird kind of like... In-between state. In-between state. I got that advert so many times. Well, we've had bad Cinderella. Mm -hmm. Can we call this bad Greece? No, son of Greece. Call me son (laughs) of Greece too. 
<laughs> I can't Boom. figure it out. Right, yep. it's time for some reproduction. I'm ready to score tonight. <clears throat> All right, then. And we'll be back after the interval. Let's bowl, let's bowl, let's rock and roll. Hey, come on, let's get the show on the road. Let's bowl, let's bowl, let's rock and roll. We're sitting on a bomb that's about to explode. We're gonna score tonight. We're gonna score tonight. If you're looking for a fight, then the time is right. We're gonna wipe the floor with you tonight. We're gonna score tonight. We are back. We sure are. It's a new school year, a new era. If the Russians can put a man in space, imagine what American teens can do at Rydell. It's like the first thing the teacher says, isn't it? Literally the opening line <laughs> of the film. That certainly was a sequel. <laughs> We're doing a sequel. <laughs> it's so good. It's, I had a great right, time watching it's this. It's so trashy that I can completely understand why there is some love for it. It's mm-hmm. one of those, like, you put it on and you're going to have maybe a good time watching it. But is it good? Yes. No. No. <laughs> I have. I always have a good time watching it. This is one of those films that we've watched where sometimes, you know, with... Things that are really good, like Into the Woods, the mm-hmm. the stage version. I could tell that you were enjoying it because you were laughing openly at some of the yes. things. I did not see you make a single facial expression for the entirety of this film. Yeah, I think there's some nice moments. Yeah. But I also just think... This undoes a lot... Of what I like about Greece. And it makes me question the legacy of the first film. What in a God, is this what they thought it was? No, in a Huh. Was the first one ever actually good? No. Yeah. But in a way that it's soured me a wee bit on the first one. Mm-hmm. And I can understand that. Yeah, and I think that's what my issue is more so with this, is that it's actually tarnished the first one. If you have a bad sequel, it's okay. We can have bad sequels. But when it undoes feelings towards the first one, I think then you've, you've really got a problem. Yeah. And I think that's what Grease 2 does. Mm-hmm. So. So. <laughs> We're back to school again. Yes. It is 1961. Two years after everybody from Greece graduated, except for Frenchie, and it's the first day of school, and the only song that is in both movies plays as we open up, which is the school alma mater. Fine. I'm cool with that consistency. Yeah. Because it should be the same. Yeah, it should be the same. It's not going to have changed. No. Massively over two years. And Principal McGee and Blanche 
are hanging up the uh, Rydell High school flag, except they're treating it as if they're hanging the American flag with their hands over their hearts. Oh, yeah, they like, this is a big it's deal. A, it's so funny. It's like... I, I'm so excited to see what the next year holds. It's going to be something truly special. Yeah, the next generation of kiddos at this school. Well, it's not really the next generation. It's like these kids have been there. Oh, yeah, but like you've got some new ones. You've got a class of new ones. We have one kid that's a freshman. Yeah. In this film. Yeah. And she's my favourite. But... How many years of kids are at this school? Well, it's a high school, so four. Right, so... It's our equivalent of GCSE and Yeah, so surely these kids would have been there for Greece 1. Yeah, they would have been freshmen. No, they would have been... Uh, what is it? Freshman? Is it freshman, sophomore, junior, senior? Or freshman, know. junior, sophomore? I don't know. It's got to be... They would have been sophomores when the Greece cast were in there last year. Yeah, so, so they it's were not around. so this is it's not a brand new generation. She knows she's definitely lost a step, has Principal McGee. Mm-hmm. She's definitely not as sharp as she was. No, and you said the in the original film, you sort of felt like she was ready to retire. So by now, she's like past it. Yeah, she should have retired. She's definitely kind of lost it, and she's going back. Whereas she seemed more in control of the school she feels more like she's just happy to be there yeah so she's hanging out with blanche exactly. i have a headcanon that her and blanche are actually like a secret couple oh of course they are they are definitely having rendezvous mm-hmm. outside of school mm-hmm. in one of those why they get they're continuing because they get paid to be with each other yeah so. but it's in like a oh we're just two gal pals who live together kind of way yeah just like we are <laughs> yeah so we got our very first song, and this feels very 80s compared to Grease 1. Yes, I 100% agree, because we are now in the 60s, however... It doesn't feel like the right time, does it? No. And obviously with the first Grease, they're going for that, you know, that they're reminiscing, they're nostalgic about that style. Yeah, 50s Greaser... Yeah. Yeah. But the music feels very much of the time as well. Mm-hmm. Whereas this feels like we're going back to the 60s, but we're going to take with it the music of today. Yeah. This is definitely the opening Grease is the Word song. You know, that it kind of is a wee bit inconsequential. At mm-hmm. least like Grease is the Word. I mean, even that one feels very much like in the right style. But... Both of them happen over action without characters singing them. Because the majority of this song is kind of done over the radio. They're not actually singing it. Yeah, so it sounds like a radio song and it's not until the last couple of choruses, because the chorus repeats, where you can see the characters singing. And it's just big dance number, basically. But the lyrics to this song are like, oh, I don't want to get out of bed and go back to school. I am going to have to be dragged to all of my lessons. Like, you can't make me go back and learn maths. Things like that. Yeah. Where it's like, oh, this... I can imagine this being, like, a radio hit at the time. Yes. Because it's very upbeat as well, so it's kind of comedic. But not of the 60s. No. (laughs) Of a time, not this time. Yeah. 
But yeah, so this, presumably this song is playing on the radio while they're all on the way to school, like the bus driver had their uh, radio on and this song was playing, so it's in everyone's heads as we get to school. Yeah. And like, realistically, that's probably something that happens on like the 1st of September, or whatever date in America, I know it's earlier. Yeah. But here, 1st of September, you get all the like back to school again songs yeah and like, like the last day you get schools out for the summer exactly right? like we, we will be listening to that in a few fridays time yeah but we need to think of our back to school like <laughs> it's gonna be the producers isn't it <laughs> unhappy unhappy <laughs> no i meant uh, we can do it we oh. can do it i can't do it we oh. can do it we have two very different mindsets about being back to school actually i was thinking of unhappy but i didn't want that to be the public song of the podcast <laughs> um we meet the new generation of pink ladies and yes. the new leader is late and one of the pink ladies says that being late demonstrates poor leadership qualities she's not wrong she's not wrong and miss mason Yes, that's Paulette, who's played by Lorna Luft, the one that says that she doesn't think it's good leadership. Was it Paulette? Lorna Luft. I don't know who that is. She's a really good actress. She's in a lot of horror movies. Okay. But, like, final girl horror movies. Legitimately, other than McGee, Frenchie, Michelle Pfeiffer. The sports teacher. Sports teacher. I recognise no one. And Christopher McDonald. Oh yeah, I recognised him. I forgot about him. He is very attractive in this, and it's completely against the character that he's playing. Yes. Yeah, and he, he was poorly cast. Yeah. He would have been... We'll talk about him, I guess. But yeah, when we get there. He probably we'll would have there. been better as like the leader of the opposite gang. Oh no, because they got him back as yeah, well. Yeah, but that's an issue. Yeah. Anyway, Miss Mason shows up and flirts with the T-Birds. Or at least they flirt with her. Yeah. And then she joins the dance. She's incredibly weird. It's a weird character. A really weird character. Because I feel like if you look back at the original Grease cast, this sort of role of the one that everyone thinks is really hot is Marty. That's, she's the like big boobs, low cut shirt. Like that character, and for some reason they were like, "We need that in this one," but it's going to be a teacher this and, time. Yeah, but fair play to them that they're at least trying to not make everything the same. Hmm. But Miss Mason never really gets the character development that she would maybe want, other than like the throwaway joke. Yeah, but then who is that joke for? Because that feels like it's aimed at teachers. <laughs> I think the problem with Greece too. Is it feels very much like it's on par with, like, the teen comedies of the time, such as Porky's, like, that kind of debauchery. I haven't seen it. You know, and it's, like, Revenge of the Nerds and... I haven't seen that. You know, what would become the American Pies, that it's mm. lowest common denominator comedies, like, well-written, but... Mm -hmm. The kind of thing that Wet Hot American Summer is making yes. fun of. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what this is kind of trying to be. Mm-hmm. Frenchie is there, and she meets Sandy's cousin, Michael. Right. I have a question for you. At what point did you notice that Frenchie disappeared? What, during the song? No, during this film. During the whole course of this film. I basically forgot after this that she was there. She just kept showing up like a force ghost. She shows up for the last time in this film when Michael is learning to ride his motorcycle. Yeah. And after that, she's not in the rest of the film. Because what 
in the script being unfinished, they were rushing to finish it they off. They forgot her character. <laughs> they forgot about Frenchie. So they just cut her. They paid her for the whole thing, yeah. but they were like, we're just not going to put Frenchie now, in it. Now, it was noticeable because there is literally no interaction between her and the pink ladies. And it's one. But yeah. we can talk about that when we get there. Yeah, and I have some real questions about, like, you know, the legacies mm-hmm. and the lineage. But yes, she shows up and she has introduced herself to Michael and she's like, oh, hey, Sandy asked me to look after you. Yeah, so we have Michael Olsen Carrington, who is Sandy Olsen's cousin, because in this, she was Olsen and yeah. not Dombrowski. Oh, yeah. Which is a thing that I have completely forgot was a thing with the stage show. Do you want to know a fun fact? Always. So, you know, we spoke with Ian from Best Film Ever. I was listening to their episode on Greece, and he cannot remember that in this, she is Sandy Olsen. That's because her name is Dombrowski. <laughs> right. But he was... I did know, not know this about him. He was on an episode of The Chase. Yeah. And one of the questions he got was about... who In which show would you see Sandy Olsen? And he got it wrong. Because she is Sandy Dombrowski. she's not Sandy Olsen in the show. Yeah. So their question was wrong. I think he kept referring to her on their episode on Greece as Sandy Osmond. So Joseph's younger sister. <laughs> you know why they changed it? Because uh, Dombrowski doesn't sound Australian. Yes, Dombrowski's a Mormon surname, I believe, because yes. she's supposed to be from Salt Lake. Yeah, and apparently that's a common surname. No, she's from like Salt Lake in City, Utah. Utah. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> the temptation <laughs> to sing Salt Lake City. But is Olsen a, a famously Australian surname? I don't Maybe. Know. Who knows? Who knows? Definitely, I'm just going to give it a plug now. I had a great time listening to them cover Grease. Yeah. Best film ever. This is our follow-up. <laughs> Definitely worth listening to them talk about Grease. And if it is the best film ever. Um, they've all got a very personal history with it, kind of like us as well. Mm-hmm. That they've all been in it, as I think most people have been in it. Um, but it's a You've really... been in Grease? No. I have. But it's it, it's a really good episode. So uh, plug for our friends at the Best Film Ever podcast. Go and listen to their episode covering Greece a few weeks ago. Mm. I will say, having been in Greece, I do not know the words to any of the songs from no. Greece because I only know the backup. Yeah. So things like Mooning, I know Jan's part. Yeah. But not the words to the song, having, which is not helpful. Having directed Greece. When you get the license, you realise you're not doing the film and you do kind of lose a bit of momentum. Mm. Especially when you can't sing, you're the one that I want. Especially when you're doing it with kids who have only seen the film. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And you say yes to the project having only seen the film. Yeah. And you can't Had you them. not seen the show before nope. you... Oh, no God. Idea. Oh. No idea. I'm really and sorry. And we had to refer to them as the Burger Palace Boys. We were not allowed to call them T-Birds and we weren't allowed any, any imagery... I remember. And we we hired in that backdrop that had T-Birds and we had to cover it up because we mm-hmm. weren't allowed to do it or we had to just get rid of it, which is such a shame. Yeah. And we were not allowed to refer to them as T-Birds. Mm-hmm. They were the Burger Palace boys. And like all the costumes we, we rented in, we had to send back and we didn't get the money back for them. That's Because they had like T-Birds on. We weren't allowed. Anyway. You, could, you should have just like subtly changed it to be... 
Be birds. Be birds. <laughs> right, so Frenchie has volunteered for Sandy to show Michael around because we learn that she has come back to high school. Yep. So that she She's can get her again. chemistry diploma and start her own cosmetics company. Fair enough, cool. The T-Birds show up and they look way less cool. And I think the biggest issue with this film is it makes me question, but were they ever cool? Right. Here's my thing. I could write a thesis on this. Yeah. The original T-Birds, the original boys, were not cool. No. They were not the cool kids in the school. No. When you look, Other than Danny and Kaniki, they are not cool. No, and Kaniki was only really cool in their... In their circle. Sort of extended little group. Danny was pretty cool everywhere. All the girls liked him. Because yes. he was actually, except for to Sandy, a nice guy. But these guys are cooler in the sense that everyone in the school seems to get on with them, except for the like one little group of nerdy guys. Yeah. All the girls know them, even if they aren't pink ladies. And the teachers quite like them. But here's my thing. They don't come across cool. No. And Which doesn't make any sense because the T-Birds came across as really cool in the original well, this is, but then, But then this is it. You look back on them and you're like, well, they weren't. They were kind of dweebish and they, they weren't cool. They yeah, were just they were like, losers. They were complete losers. It's like Tenacious D. They think they're the best, the greatest band of all time. They're not. They suck. That's kind of the gimmick. With the T-Birds, they were never supposed to be cool, but nostalgia has mm. built it to a point. It's like, you'd want to be a T-Bird, but they're not cool. But this is one of my biggest issues with Grease 2, is it really pinpoints, oh, hey, the T-Birds are really, like, awful. Yeah, and we get a lot of moments in this film where this group of T-Birds, Especially. we just call them legacy T-Birds, yeah. have really clear moments where even they think that they're not cool, where they have, like, uncertainties and insecurities. Could I make the argument that they're the villains? Yeah, easily. But that's the, that's the problem. Why have we taken one of the groups that we are supposed to want to be a part of mm -hmm. and turned them into the villain. Because the T-Birds were the villains in the original one. But that, but I don't think the original one knows that. No, it doesn't. And that, I think, is a problem that this film now ruins the legacy of Grease 1. Yeah. Because you will forever look at the T-Birds as, oh, hey, yeah, they're always slimy, they're always gross, they're always mm. losers. So, in this version of the T-Birds, we have... Davy, Goose, which is Christopher McDonald, Demucci, and Nogarelli. And Nogarelli is played by Adrian Smed, who was Danny in the Broadway version of the show and on the tour as well. So that's why he's been cast as the main T bird here. Is because, yeah, it's because he is that. Right. He looks like Danny is Pepsi, Johnny is. Diet Pepsi. You know? Ironic, because the original Grease movie made a deal with Pepsi. I know. But, you know what I mean? Like, he's the same, but not mm -hmm. as good. You know, the, the recipe's not there. Sure. The sugar's not there. It, it's not that good to drink. Sponsor us, Pepsi. <laughs> anyway, we've met everyone. We get our opening song. Those weird moments where... You know, the Pink Ladies Pledge is sung, but the rest of it isn't sung. Some lovely choreography. A, a fun opening number, at what least. What is the Pink Lady Pledge? Yeah. But really, you know, this is a nice opening number. There's nice energy to it. It feels like a grease world. I'm okay. I'm having fun at this point in time. 
What is the Pink Lady's pledge? No idea. I just wrote... The Pink Lady's pledge to act cool, to look cool, and, and to be cool. Yeah, okay. Which is dumb. But also, interesting, weird little background thing. Stephanie, the leader, is wearing trousers at this point, which I guess are pedal pushers. But then they're kind of not because we're a bit past that. They're, they're jeans. She's wearing yeah. jeans. But when we get into the school building, this one background girl who I kind of love because she's in the whole film. She's the one with the two really long plaits. Yeah. She looks at Stephanie and she goes, <gasps> pants. Oh, I and that. Stephanie runs back to her locker to put a skirt on. Oh. Because she, so far as I'm aware, looking at the the school building in this film, none of the girls wear pants at school. A lot of them do outside of yeah. school, but to the school building, they wear skirts. And she obviously has this skirt in her locker that she can put on for school. Case, yeah. Because she also rolls up her pedal pushes yeah. so that she can like hide them underneath Bless her skirt. Her. It's just really interesting. Well, Stephanie, it's nice to have more things like that. It makes you want to give this film more credit. Because Stephanie does feel like a trailblazer mm. within this world. And... Having something like that happen, but not necessarily be such a focal point, is really good. Like character integrity, even if it's not going to be something that's picked up on. I quite like that. That's yeah. Detailing. Well, we get a little conversation between the pink ladies as they're entering the school about how Stephanie has broken up with Johnny. Yeah. She doesn't want to talk about it, which is fine. But she says that she feels like she's outgrown their relationship. And in a sense, from what we see in this movie, she's sort of outgrown being a pink lady. Oh, she's outgrown everything. Yeah. yeah. We see that Vince Fontaine is still popular because one of <laughs> the pink cool. ladies has uh, all his pictures mm-hmm. in the locker. I like that. That's a, that's a nice little throwaway like reference to the last one. I yeah. could have more of that. I would rather have things like that than have Frenchie actually be in it. Yeah. You know? Um yeah, well, we get the National Bandstand reference as well with the yeah. records. So exactly. So it's, it's a little thing. Things like that. It's nice. And yes, Michael starts to have a tour of the school mm-hmm. and he gets in t- trouble for touching a T-bird locker. Oh, yeah. It's got a T like scratched into it because the... Oh, it's Eugene. Yeah. Eugene is showing him around the right, school. So why is it Eugene? But then I guess it makes sense because Eugene would have actually been... Maybe a younger student. Eugene was too young to graduate, yeah. It's not the same actor. No. But he looks Eugene similar is... enough, though. Yeah, he does. Eugene's showing Michael around. He says, you just need to pick a locker and put your stuff in it and lock it. Like, bring your own padlock kind of thing. Yeah. So Michael just goes to the closest locker, puts his hand on it. It's got tea scratched into and it. And immediately the tea birds tell him what's up. Um, at this point, I was saying, wouldn't they recognise his surname? But then he never actually uses the surname John Bowski. No, no, so it, Olsen, yeah. and his surname is Olsen Carrington. So he does actually, yeah, so he does use that surname, Olsen. So I wonder how many Olsons there are in this area. Well, he they probably just use Carrington. Yeah. Because it's not double-barreled, it's two separate. Yeah. We learn that he's staying with Sandy's parents when she is off at college. Yeah. We never actually learn why he's here. Uh, he says his parents sent him to exchange, yeah. which this doesn't seem like a good high no, school. Right? He probably okay. just bought it here, but then I wonder. I, I wonder would Sandy's parents really have recommended it? Be like, no, Rydell, you don't want to send your boy to Rydell. We sent our Sandy to Rydell, and uh, she ended up smoking and dressing in these awful leather outfits. Don't don't send him here. I, I really would love it, to know Sandy's parents' opinions. It feels like a 
like Jane Austen, Mrs. Bennet, like, ah, oh, this is the place to get husbands, like kind of yes. thing. But you like you know that Danny hasn't gone to university. Yeah. So they're not dating anymore. Yeah. So the point their whole like plot of Greece is a bust. I know. I love when we go back to the principal's office. We've no longer got a small, tiny xylophone. We've got a big, <laughs> a big one. Xylophone. I love that that's been upgraded. Yeah, good for Blunt. Mr. Spears is welcome back after his breakdown, but for how long will he be back? Not very. Literally, Poor Mr. like Spears. that morning. That is me at this point. That does not seem year. like a teacher who should be teaching sex ed. No. <laughs> at all. No. But then neither were the nuns in Sister Act 2. I would oh I would percent let Kathy and Jimmy teach sex ed. Yes, let her teach it, but her as a nun. <laughs> There's no acting involved in that. She was just herself. We get a good line here. If you play an instrument, it's better to play in a group than to play by yourself. And all the kids laugh, including Stephanie, who has a good chuckle. Yeah, at that which line. is nice. It's an obvious line. Mm-hmm. Right, so I this is why I started to wonder about the lineage of Pink Ladies and T Birds, because we didn't see any of the T-Birds in the last one, in Greece 1, or any of the Pink Ladies being younger years. No. So they're all that. So, so who? how do they decide who takes over the mantle? I think they pick them over the summer, and you only get to do it in your last year or something. But it doesn't feel like they have, because they're established. This group are established, and clearly someone else was the leader of this group of pink ladies before they graduated. Last year there was a leader, and now Stephanie has taken over as leader. Well, if they were two years below, there would have been a group above them. That's but, but then so we don't we don't see the like pin ceremony. But but we at least see with this one that they allow youngers. Mm -mm. Well, they don't. No, but they're allowed to be part of there as a mascot. No, they don't. That's the whole point. So but, we have Dolores, my right, favourite character. But they would have had these tagarons in Greece 1. I Unless they were the first pink ladies. I think this is something about the film I would rather change, is just have it be new names. Don't have it be pink ladies and T-birds. I but think then it, why you wouldn't do it? There'd well, be no they point. shouldn't have done it anyway. But I think... They should not have had pink ladies. They should not have had the T birds. Mm-hmm. They should have had the next generation in a you know another gang has taken over. But it feels so weird that you know there is no interaction between them and Frenchie. You know the pink ladies. No, because they don't like her. That's what I mean. But she should be seen as royalty, mm-hmm. and she isn't. I just think it's very very interesting. And yes, Dolores is there, and she's not a pink lady. And she hopes someday she can be. Yeah. But she's seen as like a their their mascot, like their good luck charm type thing. So she's No, she isn't. What is she seen? We're gonna get there. Okay. She's Paulette's little sister. I know she is. She mentions later on that she used to hang tag around with them all the time when she was younger, before she was at this school, and they would tell her to get lost. And now that she's there, she told them she could be their pink lady mascot and they told her to get lost again. Okay. She just follows them around because she's Paulette's little sister. Fine. Either way, I just think at this point I started to get quite confused by it and it was at this point I was starting to be like, Oh, I have more questions about this world than I am going Mm. to sit and enjoy it. Frenchie says to Michael, 
If you are not a T-bird, which you're not, it's look but don't touch. But even then, I'd recommend not looking. Mm-hmm. When she notices that he's kind of vibing on Stephanie. So again, we learn that the two groups are intrinsically linked. Yes, so uh, pink ladies belong to the T-birds, yeah, which, which is... is a new thing. Yeah, again, so even more reason why I'd rather they be completely different groups. Well, this is, I think this film was made and somebody was just like, oh yeah, yeah, the, the pink ladies always date the T-birds and nobody questioned it. Yeah. Or alternately, this particular group of T-birds suck and have decided that yeah. and are forcing the girls to date them. Because who would choose to date any of these boys? I know, right? Anyway, the motorcycle gang shows up, so they are the rivals to the T-birds, and they the, are the exact same. They have grown in size, and it does then make you wonder again, mm. if this is the new generation of T-birds who are picking up the mantle and who have the same problems with the same gang. Why don't older T-Birds show up for these fights? They've inherited this old... But they've inherited this older group's mess. Yeah. Because it's the same guy from the first one who has the drag race with Danny. The Scorpion King. Yeah. But... It makes no sense for him to be to have have beef with them just because they're the T birds now. And also, well, so we're also all bikers now. Yeah, yeah, we're no longer uh, about cars. We're all all bikers. Mm-hmm. Fine, cool with that. That's a fashion trend. It just doesn't make sense to have the same gang. And so many of them who are constantly going, starting fights, and none of the older T-Birds being there to But I feel like the difference is the T-Birds all graduated. They all went off and did stuff, right? So they all get out of this town because they're actually quite nice, clean-cut boys who could go off to university if they wanted to or got jobs somewhere or uh, apprenticeships or something. Whereas the Scorpion Gang boys Don't. aren't. They they weren't trying at school. They weren't doing anything. And they're stuck in this eternal fight with... They keep getting older, but the T-Birds stay the same age type rivalry. Yeah, they're stuck in this little town and they don't want to be here. I just think... I'm reading too much into this. Same. And, and, you know, I'm overthinking it, but I think we should have had new villains, not that same one, if we're not going to have any T-Birds show up. Mm-hmm. He definitely looks older, a lot older does the Scorpion King. He aged a lot in two years, so the streets are rough. We get score tonight. Johnny tells Paulette to not mess with his hair. Mm -hmm. And Paulette gets a strike. Yeah, she does. And she doesn't want to put her nails in the bowling ball because she'll break them. So she just kneels down and rolls it. And she turns around and looks at him before the ball gets anywhere near the pins and like smiles like haha here's my strike and yeah. then it strikes that is the best throw anyone has ever done and she just did that too i know they probably lined it up for oh, her yeah. but all use magnets you know no no <laughs> no i know i at this point i'm starting to realize with the exception of stephanie who is clearly our main character mm-hmm. none of the t-birds seem likable or endearing none yeah of the... the only reason i like goose is because it's uh, Christopher McDonald. Yeah. None of the pink ladies seem likable or endearing either. I'm not 
invested in any of them. Like Rizzo was the bad girl and you were kind of cool, that's nice. And the other T-Birds were dweebs, but they were kind of like likeable doofus dweebs that you're like, ah, oh, but you know, they, they, they don't mean Except anything. Except that one that asked whether Danny raped Sandy, yeah. but you know. No, I know. But none of them seemed that bad. And even if you didn't remember their names, they were all quite nice. See, I know their names, but I can never remember all the pink ladies. Yeah. But it's the same, like Jan and Frenchie just seemed happy to be there. They didn't love school, but they weren't nasty. Just and it just doesn't... Nice kids. It seems like these guys have really like, lost what it is to be a T-bird or a pink lady. Yeah. It's only been two years. Hmm. What's this song about, Danny? Um, I assumed the bowling. <laughs> you assumed wrong. That they're going to score tonight with the bowling. That mm-hmm. they're going to get strikes. Mm-hmm. They're going to score tonight. But I suspect. <laughs> I, this song. I suspect the nuns won't score tonight. No, I love that the nuns are in this song. I love that everybody has personalised bowling jackets. Yeah. And their own shoes and their own bowling balls, which is great. There was clearly nothing else for them to do. But this particular song really, really reminds me of the song, the first song they danced to at the prom in the stage show, which I cannot remember the name of for the life of me. Hand Drive? No, the other one. Okay. I think I know what you mean, yeah. Honky tonk, baby, get on the floor. That one. Yeah. I like the choreography to this. Same. I like the song, Mm -hmm. but I think the performances from everyone in it, other than Stephanie, are so unbearable and corny and fake. I quite like Johnny's little solo. I think he does a good job. He's a very good singer. You You can see why he played He's a good singer, but I don't think... I think some of the... They're all just so extra. It's like... It's almost like a soap opera version of Greece that everything's been... Yeah, this is what the TV show would have been like. Yes, right? So, it is a good song, but the performances are just a little too hammy for me. Hmm. It just feels... Ultimately, this feels like a bad song from a parody film, that this would be their, we're going to parody Greece. You say that, but... You can't really parody Greece because Greece was already really. No, but happy. you know what I mean. Like this is, you know, when we get the disaster movies or not another teen movies. This is the sort of song with the sort of performance I'd expect from sure. that. Yeah. You know, uh, prom tonight mm-hmm. was better than this. Yes. <laughs> uh, Michael studies social interaction because he's reading about the rules of bowling like like we said before you know with high school musical mm-hmm. which is only appropriate considering high school musical is a grease clone yeah grease 3 yeah michael being smart does not understand social protocol therefore i will study them like they are another species just like gabriella's taylor. friend yeah taylor yeah mhm i th- i think it's more that well, so I think we're supposed to understand that he's English and it's supposed to be like, oh, these American teens, this is what they get up to in their spare time. It, yeah. As opposed to whatever the British pastime was, because it's clearly not bowling, based on how he's acting. Football hooliganism yeah, at the obviously. time, I'm sure. Bit of footy. Yeah. I don't know why I did a fake English accent to say that. Anyway, you have an English bit accent. Bit of footy. I do like the bit where Stephanie says she is no one's trophy, which is, you know, good for her. Yes, she doesn't belong to anyone. She can kiss whoever she wants. And she's going to prove it because she will kiss the next guy through. 
the door. And we have an old man. man, yeah, who's like, oh, I wish I was next. And of course, it's Michael. Because Michael fancies her and Michael's all like, yes, I'm um, awfully shy and and, and awfully British. And I don't quite know how to tell you how I feel, but I have a kiss. (laughs) Hugh Grant got his career based off Reese too. 100%. And yes, Johnny is not impressed and everyone storms off. They're all done with the vault. Oh, yeah, it's really cute because Michael's like, oh, is it too late for a game, fellows? And they, they, <laughs> they go. just shove past him. Yeah, but we do get, I think, everyone's favourite character mm-hmm. is Dolores. Dolores. Who has a skateboard that was not made until the 80s. That's because she is the doctor. Yeah. I like that she talks to Michael simply because he'll do... Yeah, are you talking to me? We all do. Yeah. Yeah, great. She's adorable. We learn that she is Paulette's little sister. She doesn't get to go anywhere or have any fun. No. And also that Michael offers to walk her home. Yeah, he's like, she's like, no, I, I don't need someone to walk me. He's like, well, it could be like a date. Consider it a date because she he can basically mine her for information. Yeah. And she's like, oh, well, if it's like that, then. And they just, she stands on her skateboard and she links his arm and he walks and she just gets to like roll yeah. along next it's to him. It's a really nice sequence. It's super cute. We did not get enough Dolores. No, we didn't. Do you know why? Why? She got in a car accident Jeez. while they were filming. Not on the set, just like a, while this was being filmed. So they replaced her with a stunt double for a lot of the yeah. wider shots and background scenes. But they had to cut a lot of her interaction because she broke one of her legs. That's Awful. Yeah. Yeah, when she's 12th grade, she wants to be the leader, but for now, she is their unofficial mascot. Mm-hmm. Miss... Whether they like it or not. Yeah, Miss McGee gets the names of her employees. We meet Mr. Stewart. Stewart. Yes. Who is going to be Mr. Spears' replacement, but she forgets who Miss Mason is. So this Miss McGee is definitely, definitely a few years past retirement. No, it's because she's an old lesbian and she turns around and Miss What's-It's boobs are like right in her face and she gets flustered and guess what her name is. It's great. I mean, no, but she also... The queer readings of this film are... (laughs) But she does forget Mr. Stewart very quickly as well, so... The T-Birds decide they want to win the talent show, but sadly they have no talent, so how are they going to get their records? But they've always started claiming who's going to get which record. Which is fair. Oh yeah, he's like, oh, I have dibs on this one. Yeah. And uh, we get a fun little sequence where Johnny hides his cigarette in his mouth. Oh my god! As Miss McGee shows up, and for the exact same scene as is in the first one, this is one of the best scenes of Johnny, and he seems quite like humble here and Mm. nice. And I was like endeared to him at this point, but then I lose any goodwill quickly with him because you do kind of wonder why Mrs. McGee is like, "Oh, these are my boys." About them, that in a moment. Um, yeah, it's a whole thing. But but yes, yeah, he does. The way that he flips the cigarette yeah. into his mouth is really cool. And the way he just stands and like, mm-hmm, is, is nice. And the smoke starts to come yeah. out of his nose. And Can then, you smell burning? <laughs> she walks off and then he's like, did he swallow it by accident? Goose he... slaps him on the back and, and he... says, good job. And he gulps and swallows yeah, it. And then he, and then he screams yeah. at Goose. It's great. Uh, we See, go... that kind of like comedy I can get on board yeah. with. We go to the talent show auditions, we get Brad. The twins are apparently good breeding. They are Miss Mason's stars. She says they are her girls. 
I did wonder if that meant at first, like, are they her daughters? I thought, no, nah, they can't be her daughters. She's definitely not old enough to have the twins. No, so Miss Mason teaches the drama I know, class, she teaches so music. These, and... are, these are, like, from her drama yeah. club or In something. In the same way I'd refer to them as my kids. Like, yeah. kids that you're proud of and, like, oh, I've worked really hard with them. And then we get the choir of Girl for All Seasons. You said to me this isn't an official song. And you're like, huh, I wonder why. And it's obvious because later on we get the full version. But mm-hmm. um, Yeah, no, there's two versions. Well, there's three versions of Girl for All Seasons. Two of them are rehearsals. Yes, Stephanie says they should be free all year. It's in the Constitution. Because she's um, asked by Michael, are you free tonight? And she's like, yeah, I'm, I'm free all year. It's in the Constitution. Yeah, she's just being rude. Yes, and he's... Uh, really trying to um, score a date mm-hmm. and Stephanie keeps refusing. It's like, well, no, t- I'm busy tomorrow and I'm busy tomorrow and I'm busy busy the day after because there is this rule, this pooly of rules mm-hmm. that T-Birds are only allowed pink ladies. No one else can have the pink ladies. But that's not why she's saying no. No. It's because she saying- wants... A cool rider. Yes, she does. And she wants a devil in skin-tight leather. Yes, she does. This is another 80s-esque song. This feels very much like a total eclipse of the heart. Yeah, it has tones of that. And I feel like, again, this is an issue. Should we have set this film like 10 years later and actually have it be in the 80s? Because mm. so much of the music fits. And you could have Frenchie be a teacher or something. Yeah, right. And... If you really have to have a back. Yeah, exactly. And it's like, okay, so it's more tonally for the 80s. Mm-hmm. But why is it in the 60s? This music doesn't exist yet. Considering how much stuff in the background of this film is from the 80s. Because mm-hmm. they didn't try to make this, like, accurate. They, they really should have just made it in the 80s. Yeah. We, this is the point at which it sort of occurs that the only reason Stephanie became a pink lady was to date a biker boy. Yeah. Because that's what she wants, which, good for her. She knows what she wants. But it's not quite what she wanted it to be. No, because they've all turned out to also be jerks. Yeah. So. She says she wants hell on wheels. Mm-hmm. And it's at this point I said to you, I said, is every single person in this film lip syncing when they perform? Yeah. It's so, it became, and I, that's why I had an issue with, score tonight because it was there was something off about it and the second i knew that and i realized what it was it made all the other performances more palatable because i was like okay they're lip syncing that's fine yeah there's moments in score tonight where you can see that the people who are singing it's like b-roll so they're lip syncing to the wrong part of the song yes exactly and it, it that i knew there was something off about it uh i love how she reverses her pink lady jacket. I think that looks very cool. That is the best bit of costume design in this film. And it drives me completely insane that they do not sell reversible pink lady jackets. I know. It is very cool. And I love the way she just bops off still singing. The way she walks across and she's still just... And people must be looking going, huh, Stephanie's lost it. People are looking at her. That's yeah. my favourite part that, about no, it. No, that's what I mean. It's like people are just looking at her. Stephanie's lost it. My other favourite thing is her climbing up the ladder and sitting on top of it to pretend she's on a motorbike. Yeah. Which is hilarious. Very singing in the rain. It really is. Michael decides he needs a cycle. Mm-hmm. He needs to be cycle, bicycle, Michael. Yes, because he is approached by Davy, who says, 
who's trying to talk to him and he's like that's it then i need a motorcycle and davy's like you're right it's a good investment it's a good idea to have a pair of wheels <laughs> it's just a really weird little interaction yeah. and then however he says we do my homework for me i'll pay you yeah it's... and we get a nice little montage of him doing all the homework but for the t-birds of... but yeah all of they them don't saying, know like, yeah, it's going to affect my image. Don't tell anyone. There's a nice bit of Johnny where it's like, the arms are really quick, but he gets like the money out of his hair. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's really nice. good. They all and have a funny. rep to protect. Yeah, Johnny has a great line, which I repeat very often, where he says, oh, nice penmanship. Yeah. <laughs> I say that to kids all the time. Do. They didn't get it. I, I make myself laugh. We definitely go to your favourite song of the night. Yes, we Reproduction. Do. Reproduction. Reproduction. This is the best song in this whole film. And I'll tell you for why. It is because it makes no sense. In the context of the rest of this movie, yeah. this song shouldn't be happening. But I really think that somebody who worked on this, because it's by Dennis Lind, right? Mm-hmm. I genuinely believe... And I have no evidence to prove this, but I think Dennis Lind wrote this while he was at school. Yeah. As a joke. And just kept it in. And kept it in his pocket for years and years and years. And then eventually was like, you know what? This this is set at a school. Yeah. We can do whatever we want with the script because it's not finished yet. So I'm just going to put this song in here. Yeah. <laughs> and we just sing it. And I love how the teacher sings as well, with his voice going up at yeah. the end of sentences. It's very apropos of nothing. Like, you cut it and it doesn't matter, but yeah. it just gives you a sense that this is a school. Yeah, it's the most fun of any of the songs. None of the T-Birds know the best time of the month to conceive. One of them says, at night. <laughs> That's the saddest. That's Davy yeah. as well, at night. And I love that Miss Mason comes to help. I like the idea that this is just the way he teaches reproduction. Like, he's prepared this song himself and he sings this to every one of his classes. And the really nice thing about this sequence is all the kids have different dances. So some of them are more, like, respectful and you've just got the T-Birds going thrust, thrust, thrust. But as we get later into the song, because the, the twist of this song is that the girls start to make fun of how the boys ask for sex. Yes. Which is one of my favourite Oh yeah, favorite one of my favourite bits in this, because the boys are all creeps, but we get a really nice switch where the girls sing what would be the boys' bit with their boy voices, and then the boys sing the girls' bit in their girl voices. Yeah, and so I we thought get that was fun, a nice little bait. Reproduction, switch. reproduction, and then the girls sing, baby, give it to me now, and then the boys sing, is that all you think about? Which yeah. is hilarious. It's a really odd self-awareness of the boys. It's yeah. Like, They're admitting it. Miss McGee walks up and she is not impressed. Mm -hmm. Oh no, they're they're learning about straight sex. (laughs) Just any sex. (laughs) I love that they start by talking about plants. Yes. Plants and then obviously humans is the natural progression. Obviously. Put your pollen tube to work. There's a really funny bit at the end where one of the girls goes up to Miss McGee and says... I missed my last two periods. That's okay. You can make it up after school. And then the camera just pans really in on her. She's like, she gets the, Kevin, look, you know, yeah. from Home Alone. Half expected her to faint like Catherine O'Hara. Would. That's the same joke as in the original one, except it's a really self-aware joke yeah. now. Because the whole thing with the original Grease, where Rizzo says, I missed, I skipped a period... And everybody who didn't know what a period was yet went, 
why does she care? It's Rizzo. She must skip school all the time. Yeah. And so they put this joke in here to be like, yeah, it's no twink, wink. Which I 100%, it took me a really long time, even after I knew what periods were, to yeah. uh, figure out that that's what she was talking about. Michael has saved enough money now for his bike and he goes to this junkyard and he's like, he's told by the, he's like, I've got hundreds of bikes. Yeah, choose whatever you want and take any part you want and make yourself a bike. Yeah, it's a junkyard. Yeah. And he starts fixing up a bike whilst he relives Cool Rider in his head. And you get the music for Cool Rider as well. So he's definitely just thinking of that. Like he watched her sing that. Mm-hmm. He watched her. He's just thinking about her top of the ladder, bopping along. Yep. He's like Bella in New Moon. So therefore, Frenchie plays the role of Jacob. Yep. Basically. And Frenchie twigs that this is all to impress Stephanie. Mm-hmm. Then we cut back to the talent show. We see that Miss Mason likes good, clean-cut boys as they sing, Mr. Sandman, give me a dream. I didn't count this as an official this song. This doesn't count as a song. It's, it's weird, though, though. Very, very weird for this musical film to have real-world music in it as well. Mostly because it goes on for a really long time. Yeah, it makes sense. I'm all for it. I'd rather they use something. But this is set in the real world, and I think it's yeah. very, very interesting. I think it's supposed to... Well, I don't know this. I'm, I've decided it's supposed to highlight the fact that the Pink Ladies wrote their song. Yeah, which makes it's yeah not a exactly. Real song. That's what I mean, though. And it also then means that the T Birds are more talented because they also wrote their song, even if it's not a very good song. They all wrote it. <laughs> Walk like a T Bird. <laughs> anyway, we it, for me, this is one of the biggest sins. Mm. It makes no sense whatsoever. Miss McGee to mispronounce T-Birds especially if these are her type of boys. What does she call them? The T-Bones T-Bones. But it makes no sense especially if these boys have been the bane of her life for generations you know. She'll have been she's obviously had Danny Zuko and that lot and she knew them. She never once referred to them as the T-Birds. But she knew that they'd have referred to themselves as the T-Birds. Yeah, but she called them all by their names. It doesn't matter. She would have known that. Also, in this same scene, I'm to back up your point of she should know that they're yeah. called the T-Birds, she is invited by Johnny to his house for dinner. Yeah. He's like, oh, my folks say you should come over for dinner soon. So if she's known him his whole life... And, like, that's why they're her boys. It's yeah. because it's his group. She should definitely know that they're the T-Birds. I don't know why this is a joke. Yeah. I, it should it should have been someone else doing it. It should have been Miss Mason. It should have been Miss Mason. Because yeah. she's a newer character. But there's no way, especially with the way she... You know, the way she rode on all of the T-Birds in the first one. She doesn't like them. Mm-hmm. She's on... Not that she doesn't like them, but she's on their case. Because she's a good principal and cares and wants to see them do well, which is obvious. But she wouldn't refer to them as these her types of boys. She definitely seemed like she favoured Eugene more in the first one. Mm. So these aren't her type of boys. There's no need for no, her. To... The only reason why they're her boys here is because she knows Johnny. Yeah, but it just—it's a weird reference to have. Yeah. We get a montage of the talent show development and the motorcycle, which is quite nice. Fun little montage that shows yeah, passage both. of time. And we learn that everyone made the talent show because there were not enough acts. Mm-hmm. 
And they go to beat up Eugene because he says that. Yes. Then the T-Birds also go to battle with Scorpion King as he was alone. Yes. And then when they get there, his whole gang's there. Mm -hmm. And And this is where we see Johnny be a loser, basically. Because he goes out all like big man because he thinks that the Scorpion guy is on his own. Apparently his name is Leo Balmudo. Leo Balmudo. Would never have known that. I don't think they ever call him that. Oh, and apparently they're not called the Scorpions anymore. They're the Cycle Lords, which sounds like something else. Star Lord. <laughs> what a bunch of a-holes. Um, but, yeah, I'm just going to keep calling them the Scorpions because I don't know why you wouldn't. We're going to call them Cycle Dukes. Well, the Scorpion King is outside on his own. He goes out and is, like, ready to fight and sees him and then, like, runs back inside. Yeah, because there's just more been... people there. Right. And everyone's watching as Michael... Does a drive-by and Sparta kicks Scorpion King in his chest. Yes. And then everyone goes off and we get, who's that guy? Except we don't, yeah, because it's, it's obviously, it's not Michael, it's the cool rider. Yeah. That is actually what he's referred to I know, the rest yeah, of it's, it's cool, <laughs> the rider. cool rider. And the girls are very into him, but the T-Birds aren't impressed. Mm-hmm. I do like all the different perspectives in this song that we get, like, a line like, he's so cute, he's so hot. He's a dweeb. He's not like us. We're going to kill him. We're going to kill him. You know, all these different voices in the song. It's a really fun way to do this song. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And Stephanie. Stephanie's obviously really into it. This is the best outfit she wears in the whole movie as well. I really didn't pay that much attention to the outfits at this point. I did notice that Cool Rider is literally just wearing a leather jacket and nothing underneath. Because you can see his, like, chest. Mm -hmm. So she is wearing black trousers a black tank top with a pink bowling shirt over the top but it's like tied at the front yeah it's a really good outfit because she's still in her pink lady colors mm-hmm. but the rest of them will have their jackets on so just again she doesn't want to be one of them yeah but she has to tie herself to them some way yeah especially because she's the leader yeah i did really like the cycle choreography here i thought this was a really cool like set piece cycle choreography oh yes i know what you mean sorry there's been talk about Stephanie's loyalty to the, the birds. Yes, indeed. And they're all kind of being like, do you want to be part of this gang or more? Like, you don't seem loyal. And she says that she doesn't want to just be some guy's chick, which I think is awesome. It's like, why does a pink lady have to do this? Because like, the boys have decided. No, I know. Exactly. And she's saying like, no, I I don't belong to some man and no cage shall ensnare me. I yes, think it's indeed. very, very cool. She nearly goes off with Michael. Just as she's about to go off with him, the police show up and he jumps the police car. Yes. Very, very cool. This is Gary Davis, who is the bike double, who is a very prominent stunt double actor for the time. Very, very cool. And got on really well with Michelle Pfeiffer, who did not get on well with Maxwell Caulfield, who is playing Michael. Apparently they hated each other. Which, there's no chemistry between them. There's more chemistry between her and the stunt double. Yeah, Michelle Pfeiffer said in an interview that Maxwell was self-adoring and Caulfield referred to their relationship as that they got along infamously, but in like a sarcastic way. I think this is the thing is there really is no chemistry between many of the the couples or anyone in this film. No, they're only dating because they have to. Yeah, but but that's what I mean. It's not even like... None of the T-Birds have the chemistry with any of the pink ladies. It's not like Grease 1 where everyone's got some chemistry. Mm. Do you want to know who auditioned to play Novarelli? Who? 
really famous actor, does all his own stunts. You're not going to guess? No, I have no idea. Tom Cruise. Oh, cool. <laughs> um, and the uh, the director wanted somebody taller, so they didn't go with him. Well, it meant we got him in Rock of Ages, and for that I will always be happy. Yes, indeed. Because if he's in this, do we get him in Rock of Ages? Mm-hmm. Frenchie knows Cool Rider was Michael. Yep. And they have a talk about how he doesn't know how to capitalise on this momentum. He's too awkward without the bike. Yes, and this is the chemistry room scene. Yeah. Where we see that the pink ladies all come in and they obviously don't like Frenchie. Yeah. Because they make fun of her for what she's doing and they're just obviously not friends. But Frenchie's like, oh, hi, girls. Like, oh, here's the pink ladies, my gang. Yeah. But she's not a pink lady anymore. But that's what I mean is it should be once a pink lady, always a pink lady. It's not a sorority. But no, but that's what it should be if we're passing the mantle down. Hmm. Because I definitely treated like a sorority in the first one. Yeah, so I, I I just think even more reason why calling them pink ladies and T-birds is a disservice. You know, we can appreciate Unless it's supposed to show that they like aren't doing it properly. Yeah, but but then that's not like the clear. No, I just think they'd have been better off. We can understand that there are different gangs each time. Hmm. Anyway, they do a test for a nuclear attack. And the PE teacher gives really awful advice. And then Blanche has a bit of a panic. It gets a little too real for Blanche. It does. And Miss McGee just cuddles her. It's like, it's okay, Blanche. Mm-hmm. Don't panic. And I think we get one of the worst sequences here. Yep. Do it for our country. Lewis can't pronounce nuclear. So he is Homer Simpson. And th- I mean, the title of this song says it all, doesn't it, really? Yeah. I had already just when you said the, the do it for our country as the title, I have serious assumptions about what's going to happen in the next song. Mm-hmm. He has uh, lulled one of the, the. Sharon. Yeah, one of the, the pink ladies into there. And he's going to pretend like nuclear war has broken out and it is their job to repopulate the planet. Yeah, because she refuses to sleep with him otherwise. Yes. Uh, this is really, really creepy. Yep. The song is very, very gross at the start. It feels like it gets better when she feels like she's into it, but then you do have that stark She rem- willfully misunderstands that, But that's what I mean. Is you have that stark reminder that she's she still is very much under the impression the world is ending. But, like, she, I think in terms of the direction, the right thing to do is to have her, like, certainly be far more into this song because it makes the song a wee bit more bearable. But The yeah. issue is... She didn't record this song. Did she not? No. So Peter Fischetti, who is Lewis, he sang the whole song himself and then her voice was dubbed in later. So he sings a lot more than he actually should be. Yeah. Because she couldn't be there. But yeah, so what she understands from what he's saying is after we graduate, he'll go off and join the army and she can go and be a nurse And, you know, their parents can't say they're too young because it's for their country and blah, blah, blah. She doesn't think that he means sex. Yeah. At all. No, she genuinely thinks that what it is is this. Yeah. and So her passion comes through because she's like, yeah, I really want to help serve our country. Yeah. So when she runs the door, she's like, you're right, we have to go. We have to go and join the army. Yeah. As an army nurse, she pulls the door open. And she learns it was all a con. Yeah, and Goose and Davy are there being the worst. I'm really glad 
that this sequence ended with with her realizing that he is gross and running off and not making a mistake and realizing the next day you know yep Um, because they would not have handled that well this is an awful sequence and definitely something that has not aged well Mm -hmm. it's that awful kind of teen tripe of like oh boy hijinks that is very responsible for a lot of toxic masculinity yeah so you know did not like seeing this we cut to the gas station where stephanie is the only employee and is being worked off her feet. Mm-hmm. Everyone is is demanding things off of her. And I really like how the noise builds in this to the point that when she gets on Cool Rider's bike, it builds to the point like, yeah, I can completely understand. I would be stressed. I would just want to leave. And yeah, she gets on the bike. But yeah, this is where um, we have all the cool, really cool stunts from Michelle Pfeiffer because yeah, she, she does t- this thing where she swivels around him while he's riding the bike yeah. and they didn't hire a stunt double for her but they hired the stunt double for him yes yeah, so again we have the wonderful stunt double Gary Davis who is driving this motorbike while trying to lift Michelle Pfeiffer around so that she's straddling him and then he has to do a wheelie so they yeah. wheelie away down the road and they just did it apparently in one take and we're like yep He's very wooden, though, when he does this. Like, it does... Obviously, like, that's not a criticism. But, I mean, like, he's trying not to drop That's her. what I mean. You can understand why, but it doesn't look... You could see with her, like, there's there's more chemistry with her interacting with that version of there really Michael is. than there is anyone yeah. else. They do kiss on their little date. Mm-hmm. I wonder, does she know if it's Michael? No. She says that he makes her shiver. Mm-hmm. He takes her back to work for some reason. That's bold. She's just left work. And he's like, I'll drop you back off at work. She didn't have anything with her when they took off. So you've got to assume her bag's there. Yeah. And then he says that she makes him shiver. Uh, The T-Birds show up to see him off. Mm -hmm. And he leaves but says he will see her Friday at the talent show. And she wonders, how does he know? The talent show? Johnny is jealous and Paulette is angry because how dare you? This isn't funny anymore. Commit to me. She's not into you. Stop stringing me along. Good for Paulette standing up for herself. I liked that. Mm-hmm. We get Prowling. Did not prowling, like this one. Prowling. I don't like the sentiment. Thought they're going out hunting for girls. Yeah, Prowling is not a suitable word to describe courting a partner. Yeah. And... I don't like the constant T-bird focus on virginity. Obviously, we have it in the first one. Hmm. And I get, you know, this is written in the time where teenage boys care about virginity and that trope. Yeah. But for all of the T-birds to be so focused on it, it just makes them all come across really slimy and less cool. Hmm. Would you like to know a fun fact? Sure. Always, obviously. Um, so, you know, Brad, yeah. the boy that can sing really well, he is played by Matt Latanazzi, who also worked on Xanadu, which at some point we will yeah, watch well, that's and cover. That's a crazy ride. Where he met Olivia Newton-John, because she's in Xanadu. Yes. And at the time of filming Grease 2, he was dating Olivia Newton-John, and they then got married. Nice. Yeah. So, Olivia Newton-John ended up with the... Uh, the good good boy sports star anyway, as opposed to a greaser. Good for her. Yeah. Because they all suck. 
I think this is one of those other songs where I'm just like, yeah, the T-Birds are the antagonists of this film. Mm-hmm. Why, if, well, again, why call them T-Birds if you're just going to destroy that reputation? Yeah. So it's going to be graduation already. We've gone very quickly through this school year. Yeah. Steph is failing English and she says she's going to think about Michael's help and immediately they go on a date. And because Steph is so fixated on Mr. Wright, they're talking about Cool Rider. Mm-hmm. And she has no idea who he is. So can he really be Mr. Wright if we don't know who he is? Yeah. We learn about Hamlet's big problem. Yep. No ketchup. Basically. And I, this is the most that these two characters have actually spoken to each other through the film, knowing it's each other. Mm-hmm. And he's just being a nice dude. He is. Again. I, I'll tell you what. You can't fault the fact that he's at least nice when he talks to her. But the whole fake identity thing is really kind of gross as well. Like, he's stringing her along. Mm-hmm. It's like, dude, she's got no interest in you. Do you really think faking who you are to be someone else is going to work? Yeah. It just, it feels slimy from him. He says that he thinks she's terrific and she smiles. She's impressed by him as well. And she reveals that she'd date him if not for her image. Because they're different types. Plus the pink lady code. Yep. And then (laughs) he's standing outside the diner with them as Johnny shows up. And Johnny's so angry he declares them officially over. And she's like, okay. Okay. It's like, finally. She is apparently told to give back her jacket because it's T-Bird property. Sounds like a load of rubbish to me. Absolutely. Mostly because hers is the only one that's reversible. So she clearly had that special made. It's so stupid. So stupid. So she ditches it and we get uh, charades. Charades. Whatever. Michael laments his courtship hasn't worked. He wishes Steph knew the real him. This is a dud of a song. This is the worst directed part of this film. From a, a actual directing section and also a sound direction. The song is so quiet. All you can hear is people eating and shouting at each other in the canteen and it's or not, cafeteria, like yeah. running around. And then we have this weird thing with the window behind Michael where all the T-Birds and the Pink Ladies are out there, including Stephanie. Yeah. Who is still hanging around with them. It's very out of sync and it doesn't work. And it's not good. Nope. And the song isn't that good either. He's... Is this the first thing he's sung? I'm going to go with yes. Yeah. Yes, it is. He it, doesn't sing anything else. I think there's a reason. He's not even that bad of a singer. It's just... It just doesn't this sound... Is, this, this is doing nothing for him. Yeah, it does nothing for him. Masquerade... <laughs> Shows I'd rather be watching. Yeah. Is the talent show time? Yeah. The pink ladies don't get why Steph is so infatuated with Cool Rider. Yeah, they're all just like, he's just fine. And he shows up at the talent show. Mm-hmm. And the T Birds give chase. With yeah. their sidecar motorcycle. Definitely they're the villains. Mm-hmm. And Michael goes to Dead Man's Curve. I think no good can come of this with a name like Dead Man's Curve. Yeah. And he makes an impossible jump and they believe he has died. Yeah, they genuinely think nobody could make the jump because it's got to be 100 feet. And 
or meters. I don't remember. What I didn't see him doing used. the jump. I thought he hid around the corner, and they're just stupid. This whole sequence was badly directed because we didn't actually see him go over anything. No, we didn't. So I thought he just we don't need to curve. see him land. No, but I think actually going up. Yeah. to jump because the thing he actually goes up is like a pile of sand. He wouldn't get enough air. No, to have done it. So it's like but... he's hidden and just let them think he's dead. This whole sequence doesn't make sense. Yeah. So they um. They basically, like, Johnny is stood there just staring down into this ravine. And Johnny says the line, it's obvious he made the jump. I could make that jump. Yeah, and then Goose is like, yeah, yeah, you could make that jump. And then one of the other boys says, well, it's not our fault if he didn't turn. Because he should have turned left and gone around a corner. And they're all saying it to each other. And Johnny's just stood there and they're like, right, Johnny? And he's like, what? And they're like... You know, it's not our fault that he didn't turn. And he's like, yeah, yeah, you're right. It's not our fault if he didn't turn. Like, even he's trying to convince himself. Yeah. And we've just got to hustle Stephanie back into this car and make her sing on her own in the talent show. Oh, yeah, it's immediately back to talent show. We're not going to worry about it. Mm -hmm. The Green Goblin is bad. That's our first kind of act. Yeah. That's Brad. Is that Brad? He's Mm -hmm. not very good. And I, by by design, this isn't me criticising him. He's not very good, but that's it's very the point. much that's yeah. the point. He's trying to be Vince Fontaine. Yes. Johnny is jealous that Paulette is dressed in revealing clothes. Paulette isn't having any of it because... Finally. Yeah, it's quite nice to see it. sounds like, you don't want to be with me, so we're not together. And yes. I can decide what I want to do. All the way through this movie, he has been stringing her along. Yeah. And he stands up. And she stands up for herself. And it's nice. It's not like she's even wearing that little, like... Maybe for that. <laughs> that she's like, no, I haven't got my makeup on yet. Yeah, maybe for that day and age, maybe for this time period, like in the 60s, it would be shocking to see that. But even then, it's not that bad. I guess if pedal pushes are a scandal in school, then a corset and shorts probably yeah. are. The T-Birds sabotage their competition, mm, so the, the Sandman prep-tone. boys... yeah get tied up and they steal their ties they tie them to a shower pole and in the, the locker room on. and turn the shower on i'm pretty sure i've seen a horror movie that starts that way carrie no <laughs> but no more proof that these t-birds are the villains yeah the old t-birds but, would never have done that yeah and if they did it it certainly would have been as a joke or a prank but not to for their own benefit like danny doesn't do this at the mm. dance they just go and they all go for it I mean, he ditches his girlfriend. No, I know he does, but they don't go to the, they don't lock up the other best dancers or, or or hide them in the basement, do they? So this is very un T bird esque behaviour. Mm. The T bones again, because it wasn't you know enough the first time. They come on, and in fairness, I will say as much as I dislike prowling, it is definitely the best performance so far. Yep. And then we get Girl for All Seasons, which is definitely the winner in my book. Yeah. Great concept. All the costumes that they've made. Because it's not just the pink ladies. They've also got a lot of the girls from the school. This is it again. That doesn't feel like something the pink ladies historically would have done. No. They would have been their own group of things. They wouldn't have even been involved in this. Yeah. So. I feel like everyone was forced to do this. Yeah. This is like, they all took a drama elective this term. And they had to. And they had to join in. Yeah. I, I, I liked it. We got mm. a joke earlier where they never get through it all because someone's always missing. Because it's late. really long. And I, I put, they finally get through it all? They actually don't. 
This song is good. They're very talented. It's a clever concept. I like how you get all the different seasons and costumes to reflect the big holidays. Mm. This reminds me both of, and I know I brought it up when we did Funny Girl, the sequence with the brides in Funny Girl, and also the bit in Singing in the Rain where he introduces all the different outfits. Yeah. Like, it's both of those put together. Stephanie, though, cannot focus because she's so scared about Cool Rider's fate. Because he's dead, so far as she's aware. He is just dead. (laughs) She's definitely got PTSD on stage. Yeah, she does. And the audience are just watching, like, something's wrong. Mm -hmm. Something's wrong with Stephanie. Because she just stops, and they're all like, oh, God, okay, what what do we do? (laughs) Yeah. And then her Christmas star flies away. I like her Christmas tree costume. Mm. And then we get the teen angel sequence. Yes, love will turn back the hands of time. Is Michael now a teen angel? Or is just Stephanie hallucinating? I didn't. She still doesn't know that it's Michael. But this is the thing, at this point, I didn't know either. Has he actually died? He's straight up dead. Do you know what I mean? (laughs) Like, obviously, we know he's going to survive, but there's a part of me that's like, wait, did he die? Because I didn't see what actually happened. Imagine if that's how this film ended. Yeah, and this is is the same thing, you know, with the the end of the car. We just stop it after this song. Yeah. And I was like, has he turned into a teenager? Is this how teen angels are made? And this feels like almost something you get from post-apocalyptic or films of the 80s or like Flash Gordon. It's a little bit Mad Max, Flash Gordon. You know what I mean? So... My biggest question is, she's singing this song. Did she improvise that song on the spot? It's coming from her heart. Yes. She gets a standing ovation for it, quite rightly, if she performed that song on, like... Uh, On the fly. On the fly. She also wins. She does, but Johnny also wins. And they're the king and queen of the luau. Yeah. Rockahula luau. Yes. And we'll wonder what Greek song this is supposed to be. The cultural appropriation song. Well, this, this this is certainly also the song that has the we go together element, because... There's a lot it's of the, the carnival, yeah. But you also have a lot of the the words that are weirder rhymes. Rockahoolaloo, I want bamboo. Yeah, you know what yeah. I mean, like that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. So ride out. I have to give this to them. They sure know how to theme their events. This is what they spend all their money on. Yeah, this is the whole school budget. It really is just because their classrooms suck. My big question at this point. Mike's is dead. We're having a party. <laughs> right. The talent show is happening. Yeah. Through all the rehearsals, who have we seen on the piano for the talent show for every single song? Well, he's the rehearsal pianist. Right, so he's nothing to the actual music on the day. No. Right, that was something that concerned me because I was thinking, did no one wonder where he was? No one's brought up the fact that no, Michael... they have an actual orchestra for the show. That's fine. But at this point in the film, they've gone straight to the luau. No one is questioning where the foreign exchange student's gone. It's just like, has anyone seen Michael lately? Hmm. The only one that would care would be Dolores. It's like he's dropped off the, the, the face of the planet. Mm. Oh, hey, has anyone seen Cool Rider either? Apparently that guy died. Yeah. So no one cares where Michael is. Nope. Not even the teachers. Well, but... this is a... For people who aren't involved in it, so the orchestra and the performers, yeah. this isn't a mandatory event. Like, clearly. Oh, yeah. But even at the luau, they're just straight on to business. No, you think Dolores would be like, where's my boyfriend? Yeah. Or you think the teachers might be... Like, oh, damn, we lost someone. Nah. Well, we never see any of the teachers speak to him. No. He's not in any of the classes, including he's we not do in the see reproduction some teachers in a moment. We do see some teachers in a moment refer and talk to him directly. They know who he is. Yeah, at the end. Yeah, but they, they so clearly they would have known who he was then throughout all of this. Yeah. Anyway, 
Stephanie and Johnny are placed on a boat that goes in the middle of a hot tub. That's a pool. As is tradition. Obviously. And she is not impressed. She immediately starts having a panic attack. Yeah, because she's like, he's dead and you killed him. And we, this is very like, we know what you did last summer. It really is. And she's just like, going to have trauma. It's like, what if he comes back with a hook to kill us? Mm-hmm. And then the rival gang show up and they wreck the graduation ceremony, which like, feels very weird that this is a school sanctioned event and these weird like grown up boys show up like surely there should be some police this isn't here. their graduation ceremony okay but either way this is a school sanctioned event yeah so why are the police not giving chase after these motorcycles because this is a corrupt town where the gang get away with whatever they want like yeah. in Riverdale I know right it's just so but you know it, it's fine because Cool Rider shows up to save the day. Mm-hmm. And he jumps the pool. Then he jumps the pool and all the... boat the... mysteriously disappears. The, yeah, the boat is gone somehow. I did like the bit where Johnny's like desperately trying to row. He's like, come on, we've got to get to our bikes. Yeah. Row, no, the other way. Come on, row, row, row your boat. <laughs> it is like very pantomime villain, you know? Yeah. But I love the bit, yeah, where all the, the, the rival gang, they all go into the pool and mm-hmm. everyone's like... <laughs> they drowned mm-hmm. because we don't see them leave and the rest of the party happens whilst they're still in this pool. They definitely died. Mm-hmm. And everyone's like, cool rider. Oh man, you're so cool. And he takes off his mask and the teachers are like, Michael, he's alive. Mm-hmm. They go right over. They're the first people to react and I feel like they shouldn't be, but okay. Johnny is bamboozled. Yep. He's like, wait, you? Mr. Penmanship was cool rider? Mm-hmm. This makes no sense. I'm perplexed. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, he bestows a T-Bird jacket on Michael. Now, I would have actually refuse the t-bird jacket at this point like you guys suck you tried to kill me like you guys suck and i don't want any part of your misogynistic biker club right because this is the thing the only reason that she's like okay with dating him at the end is because he's because he becomes a t-bird right but she's not a pink lady at this point they could just date so this is the thing that i I don't i everyone's like oh it's such a progressive thing with her like you know she's trying to spur everything to to be what she wants to be yeah, but she undoes all of that by allowing this to happen. Mm-hmm. He should just be like, I'm not being a T-bird. Yeah. I don't she want to be... be like, we don't need these guys. Yeah, that's what it should be. Like, we can be friends, but we're not part of this label anymore. That's yeah. what the ending should be. Uh, I like the bit where Dolores shows up and dumps Michael. Yeah, I don't think this is going to work anymore. <laughs> yeah, and, you know, they get they have like a little kiss on the cheek type thing yeah it's really cute i thought that was sweet it was a really she's like 14 but you know i wanted more from dolores and it was a shame to see her come back and then we could have had so much more dolores Mm. we'll be together now the love isn't forbidden they can be together yeah the super depressing song i did not need to hear their gross kissing noises as they kissed that was a weird choice in a film Usually we have some kind of music, but instead we had the... I don't need to hear it. I know, it was weird. I did not like it. Did not need it. Have some music playing over top of this scene. And like in Kiss scenes as a whole in Hollywood and TV, you never hear those noises. No, because it's disgusting. Exactly. So why have they done it here? 
it's so awful. Is it because they knew there was no chemistry, so they were like, make some noises. Leave noises in. Ugh. I thought this song, especially being called We'll Be Together, would sound more like We Go Together, but it really didn't. We'll be together. Yeah. It's really slow, kind of sad. I put the note here. Yay. Johnny finally commits to Paulette. She deserved better. And uh, yeah, she really does. She yeah. like she should not at the end of this settle for him. It sort of undoes her nice progress it where she does. Like, tells him to stop. It, it undoes all the girls' progress, doesn't it? Really, the fact that Stephanie is like, we can be together now. You're a T bird, mm-hmm. and then all the T birds are kissing all the pink ladies. Yep. And then they graduate. Will they be together at college? Probably uh, not. No. Because I imagine he'll go back to England. Yeah, right. Because why would he stay at this school? I was only allowed here for a year. Yeah. Goodbye. Bye, Stephanie. I just wasted my whole year. Have my bike. Bye-bye now. Bye-bye. Bye-bye now. Bye-bye. So there are a whole bunch of scenes cut from this film. Okay. Such as Frenchie actually helping Michael become the cool rider, like getting his outfit for him and stuff. That would have been cool. I'd have liked to have seen that. Michael showing up after the talent show, after she sung that song, to comfort her. That would have also not been Not as nice. the cool rider. Yeah. So that we as an audience know that he's not dead, but she just thinks her friend is there. No, actually, do you know what? I'm glad they didn't do that. Yeah. Because if he's just like, oh, I'm really sorry your friend died. That's emotional blackmail. Yeah, that would. He's preying on her while she's weak. Yeah. It would undo, a, like, make him even nastier. So I'm glad that was cut. Mm. Goose accidentally slams a door into Rhonda's nose, which is a throwaway line that is in this film. Where she, she mentions wanting to get a nose job a couple of times, and then she's wearing a Oh, she tape does, because she talks... Nose. Yeah, she talks about the, the front perspective and the side-on perspective. And then she has a plaster and she's like, no, I didn't really do anything. No, a door slammed on my yeah. face. And yeah, it's Goose. Goose slammed the door on Weird. her. Um, and at the luau, Davy helping Dolores stuff her bra so that she could potentially be dating material for him. Yeah. And then a sequence at the end of the movie where Michael and Stephanie get on Michael's bike and they and ride flies. off and it flies away into the sunset. Did they actually film that? <laughs> yeah, they did. Jesus. I'm glad that's not in it says there. says here, remains unknown if this footage will ever be released. I doubt it. Yeah. But that's hilarious Release the, uh, the bike cut is all mm. I'll say. What is your best song in this one? And why is it reproduction? <laughs> it's a reproduction. Yeah, it is reproduction. What is your skip song? Or, like, worst song. I feel like we can actually use the term worst song. For this. My skip song is definitely... Charades. Yeah. That's my skip song. My worst song is Prowling slash Do It For Our Country. The, yeah, the worst song is Do It For Our Country. Yeah. My skip song would be Charades. Yeah, I agree with that one. Which role do you want to play? <laughs> Stephanie, I guess. I've also put, I guess, Michael... I'll swap you. You can be Stephanie and I'll be Michael. I don't want to be anyone in this one. <laughs> I want to be the head teacher. Or, no, I've changed my mind. I want to be the science teacher. I want to be Mr. Spear. Yeah. I like the bit where he comes back at the luau and he walks, he walks through the, the walls. I want to be Mr. Spear because I could literally just, just film me right now. You can now. be Mr. Spear. Film me for the next 10 days and, and I'll be I'll Mr. Be Mr. Stewart. <laughs> and who's your MVP in this one? 
Mr. Stewart. <laughs> I have said Dolores slash Stephanie. Dolores is so great. Yeah, She's so I, funny. I wish there was more. And I really liked her. And I think she was great. And there was a really nice like perspective to see a younger kid's like view of this world. Yeah. And you can see why this is a breakout role for Michelle Pfeiffer. Oh, Michelle Pfeiffer is great. She's the only person that actually seems to care when she's on screen and to really try. Mm-hmm. I I thought she was fantastic in it, but I did really... The only reason Dolores isn't my full-fledged MVP is because I just think she didn't do enough. Yeah. So we're going to go over to Instagram, where we asked, what did you think of Grease 2? And all of our polls, this is one of the closest polls we have ever, ever done on Instagram and on Twitter. Mm-hmm. 58% of people said yes, they are a fan. 42% of people said no, they are not fans. So close, especially with Instagram, where usually it's far more definitive. So we got uh, some shout outs from some of your family. Mm-hmm. Kitty. Yep. Just said yes. <laughs> I said, but why? And all... <laughs> reproduct. <laughs> Reproduction. That is all, apparently. Nice. So I feel like that's also going to be the answer for several other members of my family. That's Kitty's response. Laurie, mm-hmm. friend of the podcast, if you've, you've not listened to our episode with Hannah Montana, the movie. Family of the podcast. Family of the podcast. Laurie just put the monkey with the Ceno, Ceno evil eyes. So I don't know what Laurie's <laughs> thoughts on uh, Grease so 2 are. we watched Grease 2 at camp. Because they put it on one night, just for the staff, not for the kids. It was just like a staff movie night. And they put it on, and I'd seen it before, and she hadn't. And we watched it, and I had the best time ever watching her watch this movie. Because she was just like... And loads of people around us. Because I really think they thought they'd put Grease on. Yeah. And they just clicked on like... The wrong one. They put the wrong VHS in by accident. So yeah. they muddled them up. We had DVDs, VHS. They put, they put the wrong disc in yeah, the wrong Yeah, it was like a multi-pack or something. And there were just so many people around us who you could see being like, this isn't Greece, what is happening? Yep. And me just sat there like, we're gonna score tonight. Um, I did message your mum. She laughed. Mm-hmm. Uh, I said that was painful. And your mum said, I tried to warn you. That is true. She that did. is very good. Uh, Elena via her Instagram account, which is Vintage Broadway Nineteen. So go check that out if you haven't already. Mm-hmm. Some fantastic Instagram theatre content. Gave us another fantastic essay. Far more credit than Grease Two deserves, I suspect. Yeah. I have so many things to say about this one. I literally grew up watching this one. What does that say about me? I love that basically the plot is switched where the girl is the cool one and the guy changes who he is to win her. However, I feel like this one is a bit more relatable in a way. They seem more realistic to me. My favourite number is Cool Rider by far. It's epic. Stephanie isn't over-sexualised in this or even in this number versus Sandy's Greaser Girl look at the end of the first film. Stephanie is just naturally cool without overdoing it. Also, I mean, Michael is super smart because he writes to the T-Birds and makes money off of them. He then teaches himself how to build a motorcycle and how to ride it. He didn't even take any advice from the T-Birds. He did it on his own. I mean, not that they'd have offered him, but yes. Meanwhile, Danny ran track and field to impress Sandy. Not the track and field aren't awesome. I'm just simply saying that he didn't try as hard as Michael. This totally boosts his confidence and makes the T-Birds look lame. Do it for our country. I think this is the one. So I'm reading Elena's thoughts for the first point for Mm -hmm. the first time. And I think this is the first time I've ever really disagreed with Elena. 
Do it for our country is freaking hilarious. I mean, wow, this guy is thirsty. Not to mention... This guy is rapey. Not to mention reproduction, which brings out a ton of thirsty people, including teachers. I agree with that one. I think that's the point of reproduction. Mm -hmm. I love that Patricia Birch was choreographer on this. She has done so many amazing Broadway shows too, including Grease, A Little Night Music. They're playing our song, Love Music and More. Again, this movie is more realistic to me where the guy becomes the brawn and the brain without hiding his smarts, whereas in Greece, Sandy hides who she truly is and becomes someone totally different for someone who was a jerk. You know, I, I, I like that aspect of this version of Greece that we've reversed the genders. Mm. But I still feel like she's got to sacrifice more than yeah, he does. does. Over on Twitter, this was so close. And we got a lot of interaction on this one. 31% of people said it's okay, not that bad. The last time you looked at the poll, it was so close. 34 and 35% between the next two ones. So which do you think it went in favour of? 34 I'm going to say 35 being, liked it. Yeah. And 34 yeah. said, no, you poor souls. Yeah. 35% of people said, yes, Greece too is the word. At debaters underscore mass said, wow, the love for Greece too. Theatre flashbacks, so at Theatre Flashback 1. It's so long since I've watched it, I think it's time to revisit before your podcast drops. I don't remember it being great, to be honest, but always happy to change my mind. At the B-Way Ginger, Sally the Broadway Ginger said, wait, I've never seen it. Should I? I replied saying, let this episode tell you that. Because I don't know if I can ever in good conscience tell someone they need to watch this movie i can at film effect pod mentioned that we needed to book uh liam from best film ever on this one because his twitter handle is at zuko 78 greece <laughs> <laughs> probably the most controversial point we got on twitter was m from at verbal diorama it's the superior greece I've written an entire article about how fab Greece 2 is, but to surmise, Stephanie is independent. She's all about her own self-worth, which isn't tied to her finding a man. She's popular, but nice to everyone. The songs slap. It's all about sex. It's the Greece for all season. I said, solid references. I guess my worry is the T-Birds are so lame. Am I a fool for ever thinking them cool in the first place? And M says back, I think no one's a fool for previously thinking they're cool, as long as you now realise they're actually not. Johnny Nogarelli in no way deserves the affection to vibe Stephanie or Paulette. It's not a perfect movie, but it is the best Grease. And at My Mum Podcast said, My wife is obsessed with Grease too, and often sings the song Reproduction Around the House, which I can relate to. <laughs> Corny, cheesy fun, that's all you can ask for in a musical sometimes. So, some really good, good responses. <sighs> what did you give it? I did give it one star. Boo! I will force you to watch it again. I do think, having talked about it, this is one of those rare instances where I'm going to say it's going to be a two star. Yay, good. I think, uh-huh. you know, Aaron. people have pointed out things to me, and clearly that comes from their love of this film. Mm-hmm. They are right that actually Stephanie is great. Yeah. You know, and things like saying she is friendly to everyone, she treats everyone well with respect, and small details I hadn't noticed, like, um, you know, the she's in her trousers and then hides. Puts the skirt on, yeah. There are some nice little features to this. I think fundamentally, 
this shouldn't be T-Birds Pink Ladies. Give them other names. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're basically just redoing the plot to Greece, and that's fine. Yeah. You're just reversing the genders. We've got no issue with that. Other than setting it at Rydell and having Miss McGee show up, I don't think you need more. It can just be Greece too. Yeah. I don't think we should have had it be T-Birds Pink Ladies. I'm glad you say that because two weeks from now we're going to be watching Grease 5, also known as High School Musical 3. Yes, we are. Yes, we are. And next week we will be dropping a very special episode. Yeah. Because we return to the theatre. Mm-hmm. Because this is coming at you uh, from the future where we've already been to the uh, theatre. Yep. We went to see... Andrew Lloyd Webber's brand new show, Cinderella. Yes, indeed. And we thought we would delay our episode coming out on it simply because we saw it whilst it's in previews. When our episode goes live, it will have been officially open. Yeah, for we want to wait till week after the press night, basically. Yeah. Um, obviously, our podcast next week has a spoiler warning in effect. Mm-hmm. Don't uh, sue us, Andrew Lloyd Webber. <laughs> so yeah, there'll be a spoiler warning in effect. We will do our best to, I guess, not be as comprehensive as we usually are on this. Yeah. Mostly so that you can form your own opinions. And because this is a show that we are fully aware that we've been very lucky in a pandemic to have gone to see a live piece of theatre. I'm not going to say the first new musical because it isn't the first new musical of Mm -hmm. this era. But we're very lucky that we have seen this and we're not going to spoil it the same way in as much detail, I think. But certainly, if you are somebody who is on the fence about do we really need a brand new Andrew Lloyd Webber musical about Cinderella, I think, you know, it'll be, it'll be a podcast worth listening to because I enjoyed it. Yeah. And I, I'm excited to talk about it. So make sure you join us next week for our thoughts on Andrew Lloyd Webber's brand new musical, Cinderella. Mm-hmm. You could call it Cinderella. And as always, you will be able to get involved in the conversation over on Twitter and Instagram at It's a Musical Pod. Let us know your thoughts on Grease 2. Was I too mean? Was I too lenient? Should I have just sat back and enjoyed this one for what it was? Have I overthought it as usual? And you can also start to send your thoughts our way on Grease 5, High School Musical 3, as we prepare for senior year. Let us know. Is this going to be a year I enjoy, or will I wish that I skip school? Let us know. Get involved in the conversation. As always, you will be able to find us on Apple Podcasts, on Spotify, on Google Podcasts, on the Amazon Music app under the podcast section on Stitcher and on Podbean. And if you have enjoyed the show, go over to Apple Podcasts, go over to podchaser.com and why not leave us a five-star review and help us score tonight in the charts. (laughs) I'm looking at you and I'm just thinking, why did you put me through this? (laughs) I must really love you. Reproduction, reproduction. That's why. <laughs> we will see you next week. Same bat place, same bat channel. Have a magical musical Monday.